This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Monday, April 17th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Galley. Here's today's headlines. High hopes for Pence's trip to Japan. USDA envisions beef exports to China and Argentina to take a bite out of U.S. corn exports to Peru. Vice President Mike Pence may have dined on some kimchi on Easter. He arrived in South Korea yesterday to kick off a 10-day trip that would also take him to Japan, Indonesia, Australia, and Hawaii. Much of Pence's time in South Korea is expected to be dedicated to defense issues and the growing belligerence of North Korea, which now claims to have missiles capable of reaching the U.S., The communist country didn't come off so scary after a failed missile test yesterday. The Japan leg of the trip will likely be the most watched by U.S. farm groups. They're hopeful for news on a new bilateral free trade agreement with Japan, a major market for U.S. beef, pork, soybeans, and other commodities. Japan had agreed to reduce tariffs on many U.S. farm goods within the Trans-Pacific Partnership. But President Donald Trump pulled the U.S. out of that 12-nation TPP deal on his third day in office. Pence is scheduled to arrive in Tokyo tomorrow. He'll meet with Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe and Deputy Prime Minister Taro Aso. Pence and Aso will hold what the White House is calling the inaugural U.S.-Japan Economic Dialogue. Abe, during his February visit to the U.S., told reporters that Pence and Aso would lead the effort to create a new framework for dialogue. USDA envisions beef exports to China. It's been less than two weeks since the meeting between President Donald Trump and Chinese President Xi Jinping, but the USDA is already speculating about the benefits of again being able to export beef to China. It's been 14 years since China banned U.S. beef, but hopes are high for ranchers here after she was reportedly amiable to lifting that ban when he met with Trump in Florida. U.S. producers should be able to claim a significant share of China's import demand once the ban is lifted. That according to USDA audio posting that highlighted comments from Scott Brown, a livestock analyst for the University of Missouri. Brown said there is not many good alternatives around the world to what the U.S. produces. There's Australia, of course, but Brown said the country's suffering drought. And when it comes to Brazil and New Zealand, Brown stressed that U.S. quality is superior. Argentina to take a bite out of U.S. corn exports to Peru. The U.S. exported $452 million worth of corn to Peru last year, making the South American country the fifth largest foreign corn market for the U.S. That was a 50% increase from 2015 and the dramatic rise attributed to Peru's need to feed a growing poultry industry. But USDA Foreign Agriculture Service says in a new report that Argentina is looking to steal some of that business. As Argentina phases out taxes for corn exports, it will become more competitive in the market, affecting U.S. corn exports, the report concluded. And that's bad news for the U.S. Peru is expected to buy 2 million tons of corn from the U.S. next year, down from the forecast 2.4 million tons this year and 2.62 million tons last year. Rancher Group rallies for petition to ban Brazilian beef. The RCAF United Stock Growers of America is hoping to get 100,000 signatures on a White House petition to ban Brazilian beef. Actually, RCAF says it could abide with the imports if the U.S. government revived its country of origin labeling law for meat. But until that happens, the group says imports of Brazilian beef should come to a halt. RCAF CEO Bill Bullard said, 
So today, an unlabeled package of Brazilian T-bone steaks can be offered alongside an unlabeled package of United States T-bone steaks, and both packages will bear an official U.S. inspection sticker. Consumers won't have a clue as to which of those steaks was produced by the American rancher. The U.S. decided not to ban Brazilian beef after a recent scandal in which the country's federal police shut down processing plants that were allegedly bribing inspectors to approve product that was not fit for commerce. Rice Group argues for more U.S. food in food aid. A U.S. Government Accountability Office report last week has sparked a backlash against U.S. food aid that isn't sourced from the U.S., The GAO report recommended tighter financial oversight of the assistance, and the USA Rice Federation on Friday said the solution should be to just send more U.S.-grown food like rice. Not only does this report solidify my concerns about U.S. aid's ability to monitor the use of cash and vouchers overseas, but also that demands for even more budget flexibility are premature. That the word of USA Rice President Betsy Ward. The Obama administration argued for years that shipments are often too slow and inefficient to regions of crisis that are often on the other side of the world. Some lawmakers agreed and succeeded in adding a provision to the 2014 Farm Bill that allowed more of non-traditional food aid. EWG highlights impact of NC hog and chicken farms on residential neighborhoods. The Environmental Working Group is releasing a report today critical of the proximity of large hog and chicken farms to residential areas and of legislation aimed at protecting those swine operations from lawsuits. Air and water pollution from the farms and their manure pits continue to spark more lawsuits against the swine and chicken operations, according to the EWG. The state's House of Representatives approved the Agriculture and Forestry Nuisance Remedies Bill, House Bill 467, last week, and similar legislation is now moving through the Senate. The bill essentially puts caps on the damages that residents can sue for. Well, that's Daybreak for this Monday, April 17th. AgriPulse Daybreak is brought to you by McLeod, Watkinson & Miller, America's most experienced law firm in agricultural and derivatives law, and by Dairy Management Incorporated. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Downey.